0: We Saw a Thing is a movie podcast about remakes and sequels. We we saw a thing and talked about it. This week, the guys watch Friday, next
1: Friday, and Friday after next. The following conversation has been edited for brevity. Killed a little bit of time in quarantine with these movies. (laughs) Yeah, they were definitely time killers. Um, Had you seen these before? So I've seen Friday. I have great deal nostalgia for Friday. It was one of the first films that showed South South Central LA in a different light, uh, making it kind of an important film. I had never seen the others, which don't do a lot at all, I guess. For South Central afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, the second one doesn't even
0: take place in South Central. That's right. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I was really disappointed that Chris Tucker didn't come back for either of the sequels. So I looked into it, and apparently he found religion at some point after filming the first one and didn't want to come back for the sequels. And so that's why we get Day-Day instead, which I hated. I would have preferred Smokey over Day-Day in both movies. I really didn't enjoy Day-Day at all.
1: (laughs) I am totally with you. Day-Day is... I don't know how they came up with Day-Day, like how Ice Cube, because Ice Cube like wrote the sequels, how he could have ever thought anyone would have liked Day-Day. For one, he just cannot not be in trouble and bring him into it.
0: But also, it really seems like the purpose of these movies is to have situations where the characters can just yell at each other, so... I don't know that Day Day needed to be more than that, especially for the second movie. <laughs> he just needed to be somebody that Ice Cube could yell at for, for not doing a good job at really anything.
1: Well, I guess uh, one of the fun things about the second movie is that it takes place in the suburbs where you learn that even though they were able to get out of a gang-ridden area, they still find trouble. They still have gangs in the neighborhood. You know, Trouble is still after them with a really weak, tiny Lister story (laughs) (laughs) where you have Debo coming to kick his ass because he kicked his ass. The sequels are so weak. I had so much fun with the first, again, that I wanted to see, like, you know, it's F. Gary Gray who does some good stuff and does some not so great stuff. I wanted to see, like, what other people thought about Friday or if this was just like a... Cheechin Chong ripoff that's for some reason connected with my generation. And this is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite 10 movies of all time. Really? Yeah. Well, that's really one of his top <laughs> 10 movies of all time. Now, I mean, for me, I I had never seen Cheech and Chong. So this was like my first intro into a stoner comedy a little bit. Okay. Like Jason yeah. Confused is a stoner comedy. But not in a, look at all this ridiculous stuff that happens in one day. It's more of a, yeah, this is just a day. This felt a lot more like Harold and Kumar to me. Exactly. So, and the Cheech and Chong movies are very much like Harold and Kumar. Oh yeah, totally. Those movies are nuts. Yeah. So when Friday <laughs> came out, I was like, oh, we're, we're getting into like another stoner comedy, like a Harold and Kumar, which after watching this, Can we add to the list? Because there's three there too. And the first two are slightly connected. And then the third is freaking Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're basically
0: the Friday movies. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. And yes, we should totally add those to the list because those movies are super fun and I'd love to know or I had fun with them when I watched them when I was, you know, in my late teens, early 20s. I'll definitely say that because that was the thing I found with these Friday movies is they reminded me so much of Harold and Kumar and I watched those when I was in my teens and early 20s and really enjoyed them for what they were. I felt like that was the piece of the puzzle that was missing, especially for the first uh, Friday movie was that, cause the, like the sequels, they, they're degraded in order, right? The third one is definitely the least good. <laughs> but I think that the the piece of the puzzle that was missing for me was that I'm not 18 anymore. And, yeah, and, and so that part of my like kid brain, that's just like <laughs> a boob joke, right? It, it doesn't, it doesn't connect quite like that with me anymore. <laughs> So so I could appreciate it as kind of a time capsule, but I, I didn't love the experience of watching any of the three of these movies. Well, that's
1: a great point. It also comes
0: back to another thing that we talked about very recently with Shaft, which was the overlying thesis of the first Friday movie really does seem to be if you want to get the girl and you want to be a man, you have to kick the shit out of somebody. That was like a really weirdly disturbing thesis statement for me <laughs> in the same way that it was in that third shaft movie because of the blatant misogyny in all three of these friday movies there's not a single woman character in any of the three of these movies that is anything more than a sex object or made fun of for being
1: overweight and that's it yeah the uh the sex jokes don't land i think the way that they They may have in 95. They may not have because I really like what you just said about these – hit at a certain age in your life. Yeah, they they poke at that teenager dude brain of
0: wanting to hang out with your friends, not really having anything to do, being kind of a screw-up, and just being very interested in chasing girls. I remember my brain at that age, and that was all that was going on. I wasn't aware of the world outside of any of those things, really, which just speaks to, I think, adolescence
1: and uh, my own ignorance, really, and I hope that I've grown since then. But... And definitely mine as well because I feel the same exact way I felt like watching these movies now I giggled a little bit in my uh, adolescent lizard brain a lot but I didn't actually have a lot of full out excitement for these movies even though I really do connect with the original Friday through nostalgia more than anything else now but I also think the original Fridays a really easy film to throw on. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Debo needs to have his ass kicked. Oh, 100%. That guy <laughs> sucks, man. <laughs> he sucks so much. And there's so many characters in this that are, are there to yell at for exactly the right reasons. And I'm so glad they get their comeuppance.
0: The consistent joke in that first movie that really made me giggle was every time Debo was coming down the street and they'd hide all of their watches and chains.
1: (laughs) That made me laugh literally every time it happened. Or when uh, Debo steals that one guy's chain. When I was young, him running back to the car was like one of the funniest things. Oh, with his arms flopping around like a Muppet? Which was a little bit funny now, (laughs) but I felt so bad for him this time. Oh, yeah. I was like, man. And I knew what was coming, and I was like, I just feel for you, man, like your grandmother gave you that (laughs) chain. I feel so bad.
0: But that's an example of like one of the few moments we got really any character motivation from any character in any one of these three movies. Because what I found by midway through the second is that everyone's just a really heightened stereotype. And and so they're like, okay, well, we did all of the black stereotypes in the first one, so now we're going to do the Hispanic stereotypes in the second one. And in the third one, dude, okay, I, there is an attempted rape scene in the third one that's played for laughs because it's dude on dude, and I found that really
1: disturbing. Okay, so here's the thing. This, this film set, through a 2020 lens and especially through a PC lens, it, almost none of it flies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think
0: nostalgia is the thing you have to hold on to when you're watching movies like this because you've probably seen them as a teenager or when they were coming out, if this is a thing that was of interest to you at the time, and then you have that nostalgia to fall back on instead of just watching it with fresh eyes like I was because I've never seen these movies before.
1: Jacob Vargas is the Mexican actor In Next Friday, who plays Joker, the little tiny guy. Okay. I thought for the entire film, it was the guy from (laughs) Ant-Man. Oh, he would have done such a better job. (laughs) And after it was over, I felt so racist. I, I, I felt like, oh my God, did I think that way because he is a Latino short guy? Like, why... In the hell did I just think uh, that was Michael Pena? With our 2020 eyes,
0: I think that he's doing a Michael Pena impression, really, uh, which is why I think he would have done a better job. But I did the same thing with the actor who played Debo, because the first time he showed up on screen, I was like, oh, that's the guy who throws the detonator out of the boat window in The Dark night. Ah, that's awesome. That was my connection to him. And, and is it not? Isn't that the same actor? I think it's the same actor. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Okay, now I'm hunting because if I got it wrong. Yeah,
1: no, you are right, sir. Tiny Lister is in The Dark Knight. Hey, nailed it. Yes. That guy is in that movie for like 90
0: seconds and he's frigging great in The Dark Knight. I love that character. He just walks over and he's like, guys, you got to do what's right. And he just takes it and throws it out the window. Ugh!
1: love that moment in The Dark Knight. Okay. So let's talk about the, uh, the marijuana, which at that point would have been a really, really hot topic issue. Marijuana was illegal everywhere. And this is a, a way like the Cheech and Chong films to normalize marijuana use. Now in 2020, it's so normal. It's legal in Canada. I I literally was watching it going like, this is kind of how it is now. It was an interesting moment in the
0: third movie where Day-Day blames Ice Cube for kind of like bringing him down like this wrong path. They're hanging out by that dumpster, and he's like, you know, without you, I wouldn't be in all this trouble, and it's so interesting to track that back to the first movie where Ice Cube had been kind of a straight-laced guy. He wasn't in trouble, really. He had been just fired from his job, sure, but he'd never smoked weed before, and it was Smokey who got him into that in the first movie, and it was really portrayed as like a very positive thing. Until that moment in the third movie, where Day Day was like, "Dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone down this path if it wasn't for you, kind of leading me astray with all your pot smoking." Like, what the hell, man? That was a really interesting moment to kind of bookend the the movie series.
1: Well, and I like the uh, that there's so many fourth wall jumps with with Smokey in the original, where I'm going to rehab, and then it's like, "I'm just fucking with you, and you know this, man." <laughs> 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 Chris Tucker really elevated that first movie. And, and it, it's just always a <laughs> wink to the audience like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to get high. And, you know, Craig tried yeah. to do that in the others, but... But mostly it was about
0: girls or something. Craig's really the only other person who does that fourth wall break, except for that moment with Smokey at the end of the first movie. And that made me think about the meta aspect of the storytelling, because Craig's the only one to break the fourth wall in either of the sequels. But to have Smokey be that kind of meta aware made
1: him a more interesting character in kind of retrospect. I agree with that. I think you're right in that Chris... Tucker elevates it. I think they play really beautifully off each other. I also think that you can tell there's a real friendship there, or they were becoming friends during the movie
0: making, or at least they were having a ton of fun together. And that's why it was so disappointing when he didn't come back. I
1: wanted more Smokey and Craig. And one of the great things about Friday, though, is that it's one of the first peel back the layers for white audiences to take a look inside the gang-ridden poverty-stricken South Central LA areas and kind of explain a little bit of what life is there, it's a different feel than a Harold and Kumar because of that location in the original Friday. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that that's an important thing for people to see when it's not like everyone's going to die. Most of the time when we see that environment, it is very dire. And in this one, it's like, yeah, but we still live here and we still have a good time. The thing that stood out to me right away with
0: their like porch sitting was all the bars on the windows and doors like there there wasn't just a screen door there were bars on the door there was an extra lock there and that really stood out to me in a stark way very quickly and was a huge contrast from the second movie where they're out in the suburbs with all these huge mansions they didn't have those same bars on the doors and windows so it really gives you a visual sense very quickly about what life there looks like and what the day-to-day interactions with people are Especially Especially that moment where he's having that conversation with his dad when he catches him with a gun if i had known you need a gun just to walk your friend home down the street we wouldn't have moved here and that was a really interesting moment especially with his dad talking about you know when i was your age like we settled this with our fists we didn't resort to killing each other that wasn't what this was about you win some you lose some it was about standing up for yourself and making sure that you weren't being taken advantage of which I get to a degree for sure. The the overarching message was definitely that violence was the answer to that in that movie, but it was certainly an interesting moment, especially when you see that guns really didn't play a role in the second or third movie either. If
1: people were fighting, they were definitely fighting with their hands. That's one of those messages from the film that's a great takeaway is that you live to fight another day. Sometimes you get your ass kicked, sometimes you don't. And either way, that shows the divide between father and son. I really appreciated that part. I, I'm totally with you there.
0: Yeah, it was a good scene between a father and a son. You know, there's, there was, and, and so often in movies that take place in uh, an environment like this have to do with an absent father. So to have the dad be around for all three movies and care about his son and be invested and involved in his life was, uh, was I thought, amazing. Although it was very conspicuous that his sister didn't make it from movie one to movie two or three.
1: <laughs> the rest of his family did. Yeah. Sister did not. <laughs> yeah, and we we didn't see his mother in the second film. But she is in the third. Yeah, she does come back for that third to whoop that landlord's <laughs> ass. Which was a very entertaining scene. Honestly they really do go down in quality as each one comes out. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's one of
0: those things like Harold and Kumar or the Fast and the Furious movies where, like, a bunch of people who just really enjoyed spending time with each other had excuses to do that professionally a couple more times. God bless them, because, like, I would totally do that if I could. <laughs> I, I'm with you there. I mean, it's kind of what you
1: and I are doing with this podcast, right? <laughs> it's an excuse to hang out. Exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole part of it. And, you know, the thing about uh, having Ice Cube at the helm, like, he has had such an interesting career because he started out with NWA, and that's where people started to learn about him. And then he goes on to be in Boys in the Hood, and he gets this film career rolling. He's got a fantastic career. Three Kings was like a, a, a critically acclaimed darling film. He was triple X at one point. 21 Jump Streets. Oh, I forgot he was in that. He was in uh the barbershop movies, which we i've never seen a single barbershop movie it looks like there are 3 and i bet i'm going to bet they're very similar to the friday feels
0: i've seen at least the first one maybe the second one of the barbershop movies and yeah it's a similar vibe a lot of people yelling at each other a lot of like you know that quick banter yeah it's got a similar vibe if memory serves there's a lot less like drug use well that makes sense
1: It's, it's a, it's an actual place of business. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that I remember about that was that like the barbershop was really like the place that dudes could go to be dudes. Right. So it was a lot of like locker room kind of talk. So I'm sure to go back and watch that with 2020 lenses would be horrifying.
1: It's very possible. (laughs) I'm, I'm really glad that we, uh, we stepped a little bit into this territory of something different, you know, after the. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which were a blast, but a little bit of heavier thought conversation based on when they came out. This was kind of like a nice little palate cleanser for a couple of movies that like you just had on and you just enjoyed. Except Friday After Next was so stupid. <laughs> so if you're looking to watch these movies and you haven't yet, like Friday is definitely the high class one. Next Sunday, you're gonna you're you're getting a glimpse of where this is gonna go. And then Friday after next is this weird holiday movie with essentially a almost rape scene that is so hard to watch from Terry Crews, family favorite, friendly Terry Crews. But
0: also Terry Crews, who was part of Me Too from a he was sexually assaulted so, like, weird to come from him as well, although probably this movie came first. I don't know the timeline. That's a strange
1: thing for him to be involved in. That's a good point. I didn't even consider the Me Too movement uh, when I saw Terry Crews and what was going to happen. I, uh, this, I did not think it was fun. I thought it was terrifying, to be honest.
0: It, yeah, it was. And it was definitely played for
1: laughs. That was not a fun scene. This is like a goofy buddy comedy, So everything will be played for laughs in one way or another, but. Some of those jokes aren't gonna land in 2020 because we are uh, we're a different people. We think differently, we feel different
0: for sure. And some of those jokes shouldn't have landed in 2002 when the movie came out either. <laughs> like, You're absolutely right. It's weird to think that that scene happened in a movie that's less than 20 years old. That's that's
1: weird to me. Can we talk really quickly about the amount of racism in the sequel. Well, actually between everybody, I felt like everybody was racist to a degree. Yeah, Michael Rappaport coming and delivering like basically an eviction notice and being super racist.
0: Yeah, that was really
1: cringy. Yeah. And then you have the the black stars being kind of racist a little bit to the the Spanish people. And then you have the Latino Spanish gang who's super racist to everybody. And and I was just like, wow, like I don't know if that is another piece of systemic racism that will ever get past. That's a weird one, because like, to me, when every character
0: is just kind of an archetype or an inflated stereotype like they all are in all three of these movies, I think that you run the risk of being on the wrong side of a very fine line because there's a fine line with satire and I think that that the Friday movies are a little bit on the wrong side of that whereas you get somebody like a Taika Watiti who knows a little bit more about what satire is fundamentally and can walk that line a little bit more in a fine way or even South Park or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia which I know is like a weird one right now because they've done a bunch of episodes in Blackface which is like really cringy, but 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 they have a knack on that show for finding that line of satire and then just blowing past it in a way that really, like, galvanizes your, oh, wow, you know, these are just really bad people. And it makes a point because of that. And I don't think the Friday movies came close to that level of
1: humor. (laughs) That is totally fair. I also think that the Friday movies were just representing, because this is just Ice Cube writing about his life. I think they were doing just a representation of what they saw and what he
0: saw around him, For sure. And I think also when you're writing a movie like this, that's meant to just be kind of a silly romp with friends, then you're not looking for crazy character development. So it's very easy to just take those stereotypes, inflate them. Now you've got a character. I think that that's a, a real shortcut that these movies took like a ton of liberties with.
1: Yeah. But still, a good time. <laughs> Well, that first one for sure, yeah. is It's fun in spite of its flaws. <laughs> yeah, just super silly fun time and
0: easy, easy watching. And what's really interesting to me is that that first one was directed by F. Gary Gray. I don't know if he did the other two. One of the movies we're watching for next week's episode, he also directed that but the time frame between the two of them is significant so I'm really curious to see how he's progressed as a director between Friday and The Italian Job.
1: That's right. We are doing Doing the Italian job and we're starting with the original and uh, going into into that Edward Norton one where He's the bad guy. Ed Norton is the bad guy in that? Yeah. Oh, see, I've said too much. I've said too much. I enjoy him as a bad guy. I'm excited about it now.
0: (laughs) I was just like, oh, man, a Mark Wahlberg movie. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm a little bit excited for it. Next time on We Saw a Thing. As mentioned, next week we look at the Italian job. And we'll see if Marky Mark and F. Gary Gray mix to make for a great flick. Hope you join us next
1: Thursday. We Saw a Thing is hosted by Jay Kennedy and Chris Shapcott. Produced by Shapcott Media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and check our show notes for links to our social media and credits and leave a review on apple podcasts